Next on BYU Sports Nation, protect Lavelle's house. Kalani Satake looking for an elusive signature home win with ranked USC in town. And it's time to get defensive. Seriously, it's time for BYU to ramp up the defense against a high-octane Trojan offense. And Micah Simon leads the Cougars in receiving, but will he be the leading receiver at the end of the year? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Wednesday, September 11th, wherever and however you're connected. Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who didn't technically get blocked by Rudy Gobert on the court today, but... Probably did on Twitter, Jason Shepard. Uh, no, I've not been blocked by Rudy, at least that I know of. No, I, I really have not. Really impressive win for France this morning over uh, over Team USA. That's uh, look like like for the for the Jazz fans in us here locally. You know, you're excited for Rudy, but it's it's Team USA. You want Team USA to go on. So I, I was a little surprised by that when what about I woke your boy up. Boy Donovan Mitchell, twenty nine points today. So happy you got to interview him during that one BYU basketball game. So happy for you. <laughs> your fanboy is showing for the Jazz, Jason. <laughs> I'm just glad you're not blocked yet by Rudy. No, of course not. <laughs> Please don't get blocked by any of our guests today, which include Riley Nelson, former BYU quarterback, who knows a thing or two about being ranked as a quarterback. He was the last QB to lead BYU to a season that finished with a ranking number 25 in 2011, what's the key to beating USC? And we go between the lines with The Rock. Yeah, the student Dwayne section. Johnson? No, 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 no. The student section. Speaking of The Rock, though, incredible. Yes. Okay? Justin Sewell, former BYU baseball pitcher. His daughter plays The Rock's daughter in plays Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. What? Yeah, there's your BYU connection to the actual rock. Because of that connection, we should be able to get Dwayne Johnson on this show. Or Ryan Reynolds, right? Something like that. Both of them. Micah Simon goes one-on-one with Jerem Jordan to discuss the play at Rocky Top. The Simon says, Micah Miracle. Whatever you want to call it, we go in-depth, Jerem Jordan and Micah Simon. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football will host... Another ranked Pac-12 opponent at Lavelle Edwards Stadium this Saturday. Number 24, USC in town. Head coach Kalani Satake says his team is very much ready for the challenge. The fact that they made some really big plays and got some chunk yardage and put up a lot of points is something that we have to be aware of and we have to be ready for it. But I think we're really excited about the challenge and looking forward to it. And It's a great opportunity for us to go against some great players and see how we match up. It is in the afternoon this Saturday, September 14th, 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific, national broadcast on ABC. BYU linebacker Kavika Fanua has the ninth best run stop percentage among all FBS linebackers so far this season with 13.2. That according to Pro Football Focus. Brandon Davies making his EuroLeague debut for FC Barcelona had 16 points, including the game-winning offensive rebound and bucket with 1.4 seconds left, giving his team a 93-92 win. Congratulations to Brandon. Number 10, BYU women's soccer hosting number 12 Texas A&M tomorrow at Southfield. Tune in on BYU. BYU TV and BYU Radio tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Kalani Satake has a number of memorable wins in his tenure as the BYU head coach. But all of them have come on the road, or so it would seem. Arizona, twice. Wisconsin, last year, incredible at Camp Randall. Most recently, the Rocky Top Revival. Michigan State, I know it was a bad Michigan State team, but winning in East Lansing. That said, Jason, he's still searching for that signature home win. BYU needs a signature home win to validate the fan base, to keep on coming back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium and protect Lavelle's house. To this point, it has been sparse. But what is, at this juncture, the signature win for Kalani Satake? The answer to this question is the win against Mississippi State. That, that's the, the only other home win that I think is even in the discussion is Toledo. And let's be honest, that isn't the greatest list of best home wins. BYU's 1-5 at home. <clears throat> Excuse me, get choked up talking about that. 1-5 mm-hmm. at home versus P5 schools. And, and P5 schools, those are usually the ones that you're going to look at in terms of discussing best wins. What did you do against the P5 schools at home? The great thing, though, for, for BYU and this program is they have opportunities coming up this season in the next month to be able to get one, if not two, of those great home wins or having the best home win. You obviously have USC, you have Washington, and then you have Boise State. You have three ranked teams, two of which are P5s. There is a great chance for BYU to be able to have a best home win without question in the next month, month and a half. Any of those next three would automatically trump what BYU has previously done in the Satake era. No question. Because all three of those teams are going to be ranked. Right. I don't think Boise State's going to lose before they come to Provo. If they do, it'll be a shocker, but I think they'll remain ranked. The answer to the question, yes, is Mississippi State because it was a Power 5 program and it went to double overtime. It was memorable, but that team finished 5-7. and Right. That was a losing record Mississippi State team that went to a bowl game and won, so they finished 6-7, and but still... That's that's the signature win, and it came in season number yeah, one. year one, back in 2016. It's been a long time. So the fans coming to games in Provo are left to wonder, okay, when are we going to have that special moment in Provo? Because the road trips have been unforgettable. Game winner against Arizona, even the season opener last year when Squally Canada ran wild in Tucson. Michigan State, Wisconsin, Tennessee, these unbelievable experiences. BYU and Kalani Satake are trying to produce one of those at home. If it comes against USC, Washington, or Boise State, voila, here it is. Now, here's the thing I do want to add. If BYU does not win one of the next three home games, Jason, they are guaranteed to have a losing record at Lavelle Edwards Stadium again. Again. Well, right now they're 10-9 and nine at home since 2016. That's BYU's home record is 10-9, and nine, so one game above, above 500. This is, we know how important it is for this program, the players, the coaches, everybody, to be able to get those home wins. That's what they talk about. That's one of the team goals, protecting Lavelle's house. It's very important to them. I'm excited to see what they can do against these three opportunities. Yeah, if BYU wants to have at least a 500 record at home, they have to win one of the next three. Agreed. Topic number two, heading into a game, most defenses will tell you that stopping the run is the top priority. Now, with USC, 
that may not be the case. Spencer, is the run defense or pass defense more important against USC? Okay, on the surface, the answer to this question is pass defense because USC runs the air raid offense with Graham Harrell, and they're going to chuck it all over the field, and they might. But, Jason, you ask any defensive coordinator in the country what the key is on defense, and that is stop the run, which BYU to this point has not done. And that takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Your BYU Cougars are ranked 128th in FBS out of 130 teams in rush defense, giving up 200 52 rush yards a game. I know Zach Moss ran wild. He's one of the best running backs in the country. Ty Chandler, also a dynamic running back for Tennessee, but still 252 a game. Not going to cut it. BYU fortunate that they're one and one coming back to Provo. Given this statistic, yes, USC is going to throw the ball and they get it out quick. So it's going to be hard to pressure the quarterback. And it starts with the run defense. BYU's got to shore up the run game because if they can stop the run, and USC's not terrible. No, they're not. They're still running for essentially 150 a game. BYU's got to stop the run so that they can then key on a freshman quarterback and make him a little bit nervous knowing that he has to throw the ball because the run is not working. It's it's the run defense. Look, I, I agree with so much of what you just said, but you answered your own question when you said, obviously the answer is the pass defense. On the surface. On the sur- okay, excuse me. Okay, I, uh, I inferred because it is the correct <laughs> answer. Stopping the pass is the top priority. Look, and, and, and that's not saying that the BYU defense is fine letting the Trojans run all over them, but USC comes in with the nation's leading passer in terms of completion percentage at 83% and arguably the best receiving core in college football. USC right now is ranked 18th in the country in passing yards per game at 324.5. Yeah. Yeah, that's decent, okay? USC is ranked 73rd on the ground per game with 145. You said basically 150. So it's not like they're horrible at it, but it's certainly not what they have been known for in the first two games. Yes, BYU's got to be better at stopping the run, but USC brings an elite passing attack that the Cougars have got to find a way to slow down. They, They have got to find a way to slow down that passing attack. BYU to this point has kind of taken the bend-don't-break approach. Here's Kalani Satake on that philosophy. I think we've done a good job defensively at at probably not at at getting yards taken care of, but uh, if you're looking at the points um, and and the amount of points that our our defense has given up, we probably bend a little bit. uh, But right now we're in the position where we're going against a a different type of offense. and So really, uh, I'm not going to tell you the playbook, but we'll see what happens. I cannot wait to see what kind of offensive game plan USC brings at BYU's defense because they are so pass-heavy. Right. But you can't tell me Graham Harrell's not looking at, oh, man, BYU's giving up 252 rush yards a game. Maybe we should run to set up the pass. I'm really interested to see what happens. There. Yeah, th- this, this will be a great chess match between these two uh, offenses and defenses on both sides. See how this works out. On to topic three. Bring your voices into the conversation, BYU Sports Nation fans. Vote.byutv.org and cast your vote on the following question. Who will lead BYU in receiving this season? It's Micah Simon right now. How many of you had Micah Simon after two weeks? Put down your hands. You're lying. 
Matt Bushman was the clear leader in the clubhouse to kind of take care of business for the Cougars from start to finish. But it is Micah Simon. Jason, who's going to be the guy when all is said and done after the season? Look, like you said, right now it's Micah by about 60 yards. I think it's 162. Let's see, 162 and 102. So so exactly 60 yards with Micah in the lead. Right now, if I'm putting a percentage on it, right now I say it's 60-40. Micah Simon will, will be the guy. Okay. Look, there's certainly plenty of, of time for other guys in that mix to, to get in the, in the mix in terms of being the guy that could be leading this team. But when it's all, but the distinction, certainly you would expect to go to Micah Simon and, or, or Matt Bushman. Bushman, again, with 102 yards, but opposing defenses, for the reason you said, everybody coming in assumed it would be him. He was like the number one target. So opposing defenses are coming in and doing everything they possibly can to keep him from being able to go off because he's such a matchup nightmare. That could mean Micah Simon is the beneficiary continuing on. I think that was certainly the case against Tennessee. Micah had some really good looks. And look, Micah, to me, has been one of the big surprises on on this team this year, specifically on offense. He has been phenomenal. He's playing with a level of confidence that's awesome to see. And and he's been the go-to guy for for Zach Wilson early on. And wasn't it Micah in the – before we were trying to figure out where Zach was in terms of the shoulder, wasn't it Micah that posted the video of Zach throwing to him in like Zach's backyard? Wasn't it, wasn't it Micah that he was throwing to? I think it was. Okay. So I think they built that relationship as well. So I, 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 right now I'd say it's 60-40. It's probably Micah moving forward. If it weren't for the 64-yard miracle at Rocky Top, it would be Matt Bushman right now. Right. So keep that in mind. But let's make sure we're not taking that away. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> it would be Matt Bushman if it weren't for that play to Micah Simon. And I still think it's going to be Matt Bushman because Utah has probably the best defense that BYU is going to face all season, right? Washington will be up there as well. No, I agree with you. Matt Bushman still did his thing against Utah. Okay, and teams can only double team him so much, and he still makes plays. So some of these weaker opponents are going to come along, and Matt Bushman's going to have a heyday. He's still going to lead BYU in receiving this season, and he should. I, I think that you should throw him the ball the most. He should get the most targets. Because he's very, very, he's very rarely not open. Ask him. Even though he's double teamed. Even double teamed, yes. He's open. Just throw it up. At 6'6", six, six, the way he runs, the way he jumps. Like, That's I why I said he's a matchup nightmare. Some of these teams, even if they double team him, it's, it's not going to matter. So I expect Matt Bushman to still be the leading receiver at the end of the season. Although, Micah Simon's been a third down converting machine been fantastic we'll come back to the poll later on the show to get your take vote.byutv.org that is open right now on who will be the leading receiver in byu this 2019 season our question of the day we're talking about signature home wins the lack thereof really for kalani satake and the opportunity he has moving forward is byu more likely to beat usc washington or boise state at lavelle edwards stadium this season let's go to voice of the nation This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At CL underscore living answers on Twitter. USC, because BYU will still be on a high after Tennessee, and USC will be overconfident after beating Stanford. Hashtag BYUSN. I don't know that I agree with USC being overconfident after beating Stanford. Because they had the quarterback shift, I still feel like they're on high alert. 
Like they're still breaking in an 18-year-old quarterback. I don't know who has not looked like an 18-year-old quarterback. Will feel overconfident, especially in his first road start. See, that's that's the difference. The first two games have been at home. This is the first test on the road for USC. That's that's what I'm interested to see is how much of what we saw in the first two weeks translates to on the road. Yeah, BYU's on a high. There's some juice for sure. I don't think USC's overconfident. Coming up, what was Micah Simon thinking when the pass was in the air? And former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson, current radio analyst, on his experience in Tennessee, and more importantly, what is the one thing that BYU has to focus on to beat USC on Saturday? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Did you miss BYU football with Kalani Satake last night on the BYU TV app? Well, you can catch the replay following BYU Sports Nation today on BYU TV at 1 Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Watch as Coach Satake discusses the win at Tennessee and previews the big matchup with the USC Trojans. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. We are now joined on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline with a guy who just knew from the moment it left Jake Oldroyd's foot, the kick was going in. And it doesn't matter which kick, because all the kicks have been good. Listen to this. Snap, hold, kick on its way. Money. It is through for three. Jake, the make, does it again. You heard Riley Nelson say money the second that Jake put the ball off of his foot. Riley, how did you know? How were you so convinced that field goal was going in to send it into overtime? I knew it when I woke up Saturday morning. I could feel it in my bones. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, um, I, I was a holder. I was never actually a holder at BYU. I was a backup holder a lot, but as a quarterback, you hold the ball a lot. So you get to know. Um, so you, you trust that Jake's you know, experienced enough to line up straight. And then once it's that, you, you are looking for his plant foot and then just to make sure he's not too angled one way or the other, but you make sure his plant foot's there, his weight's pretty good over the ball, and that his leg swing, the contact and leg swing is pre- almost like a golf swing that is pretty straight up and down. And then if he can do all those things, if he's aligned right, uh, you know what's going in. So well, I was as I was watching all those things, good hold, good plant foot, he had good balance uh, over the ball, and as his foot came through, it looked like clean contact. So I was betting. Now, I was surprised to see it on TV and how close it came to that right upright, but I knew it was solid contact and he was lined upright, so I was pretty pretty darn confident it was going through the upright. Riley, there are so many things about that game that – was fun to see, specifically the the W, of course. But in terms of the offense, the offense that we started to see towards the end of the fourth quarter and then through overtime really found a rhythm. Is the answer to jump-starting the offense as simple as just giving Tyson Williams more carries? Uh, I think so, and, and it depends on how you define jump-start. I think um, that's more foundational work, right? That's laying down the groundwork and something BYU needs to be committed to. I, uh, I, I do think Tyson has the ability, uh, the big play ability, but uh, heading into this week's opponent, I think it's going to be tough. BYU has, or sorry, uh, USC has a very stout 
um, defensive front and made life hard on, on Stanford, holding them to 3.3 yards per carry. But I do, you have to be committed to, to laying that foundational work because it will open up everything there. Some, some teams like to pass to soften up the defense for the run. BYU has not proven the ability to be effective enough out the gate in the passing game to be able to do that. So they now have to establish the run so that the defense has to commit more plays to the box and open up the defense. So I do I do think it's definitely important to lay the foundation. As far as jumpstart or expecting big, you know, 20, 30, 40-plus games, that kind of remains to be seen. But I wouldn't have a problem committing more carries to Tyson Williams. BYU football radio analyst Riley Nelson, he's always money for the record, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. When you look at BYU's defense, giving up 252 yards on the ground in the first two games. That's 128 out of 130 FBS teams. Yet USC is a heavy passing team. What kind of offense do you expect to show up from the Trojans? Yeah, I, I they're going to be who they are. Graham Harrell, uh, he was uh, a quarterback under Mike Leach at Texas Tech and has continued at each of his different stops before USC has continued to implement some version of, of the air raid offense. And uh, and they have an embarrassment of riches at the at the wideout position between St. Brown, Pittman, Vaughn, and uh, and uh, Drake. Between those four guys, you're looking at all guys who will likely be drafted in the NFL, assuming they stay healthy and play out their careers. So you have to play to your strength. Now that said, um, the the running back Malavepi. I haven't got my pronunciation guide yet. Sure, sure. So you have time. Me. You have time. But, but That's Greg. He, Greg he, nails him every time. <laughs> yeah, I know he does. And then I just copy what he says. But he he's a good player. So he's a good player too. So really, BYU at, at the five skill positions um, outside of quarterback, the four wideouts and the one running back. They, they you know, they're gonna. I, I'll be surprised, you know, to see what they come out and do. You you mentioned the running statistics. I think USC is capable of running the ball, um, but also if they want to continue to ch- kind of play the hot hand and come out throwing it all over the field, they're going to try that too. But I expect BYU to respond. So it's it's going to be an interesting matchup this Saturday. We've been talking a lot, Riley, about the the – the way the team is playing at home, especially, you know, against P5 teams or what you would consider big games. We were discussing in the last segment that, that, you know, since 2016, the biggest home win is probably the win over Mississippi State. And now BYU has an opportunity for uh, to get one of those big home wins. You've got USC, Washington, Boise. What is the what's the secret? What's the key to winning a big home game, in your opinion? Great question. Um, the the key to winning a big home game is just it, it's interesting cause on the road when you have all of the extra energy and you have all of the you know you got the fans and the band and all of that. It almost it feeds into your motivation to come in as as kind of the underdog. When you're at home, all of that stuff kind of mounts on the expectations that you have for yourself you're going in you want to protect Lavelle Edwards Stadium you want to win in front of your home crowd and the more energy and fervor there is around that game it can kind of magnify those expectations and can cause players to maybe not perform to their to their peak he, he, I, naturally an athlete prefers to be the underdog rather than the favorite because uh, of the expectations that are laid there so I think the key is acknowledging and embracing all of that energy and fervor around the game and the support from the home fans and letting that be the win in your sales 
rather than be, you know, than converting that mentally into added pressure. Riley Nelson with us on BYU Sports Nation. Kalani Satake knows how important it is to protect Lavelle's house, and I'm sure he's speaking with his team about that. Riley, if BYU doesn't win one of the next three games, then they're going to have a losing record at home. So what would you say to the team, given your backdrop and winning big games at home? Yeah, great question. I, um, I'm i kind of, when it comes to what would I say to the team, I would really kind of take off what I did or what I just said about winning at home and that don't let the pressure get to you. And then the reality is you have to think of this game in a vacuum. We have to go one and all. We have to attack the opponent, do all the things right to give us a chance to beat USC or to give us a chance to beat Washington or Boise. We can't, we can't look at it as like, man, we got to get one of these three games. We got to think of it as, all right, we have to execute this game. And then we go out and we execute in the first quarter. And if we execute in the first quarter, then we got to do it in the second, third, fourth, and, and, and take that approach to it. So really, uh, my message to the team would, would try to be to minimize, because everybody's already feeling that. Everybody already is acknowledging that. Everybody wants to go undefeated at home. So I would almost pull the reins back on that and have people take maybe of a more boring Bill Belichick approach where you take it series by series, quarter by quarter, game by game. Sure, sure. We're on to USC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah that's right. <laughs> From BYU's defensive perspective, the going up against a very young quarterback, true freshman quarterback, certainly isn't playing like that. If you're the BYU defense, how do you defend Slovis? Great question. There, if I'm, and I'm not a defensive coordinator, right? So let me first of all qualify that. But what I would do is all or nothing, meaning that I would make life hard on him in the passing game, do my best. I would drop eight, have a bunch of guys in coverage, which makes windows look smaller and try and confuse them there because if you do what Stanford did and you play one-on-one coverage and you allow him to, you allow his receivers to create separation and him to get the ball out quick and make timely throws to his guys in space, that's going to be hard. So you want him staring at a bunch of defenders, dropping eight and, and doing that. And then, and then I would risk bringing the ha- pass in the box if they, you know, try and switch from the pass to the run and make life running on him and then mix it up every now and again with an overloaded blitz look and, and take your chance there because he does not have the volume of reps uh, behind him to be able to identify those blitzes clearly. And, and if you can rattle him and get him questioning the early success that he's had, that's your best chance for, for getting him out of rhythm and putting him in a position to where he can't just be the distributor that he was against Stanford, given his, given the ball to more talented and seasoned players, he starts to feel the pressure on him and then we'll see how he responds from there. What is the key matchup for BYU to pull the upset and knock off 24th-ranked USC? The key, if you look at those four receivers I just mentioned, each one of them had um, catches of more than 30 yards, which is crazy to have not only four completions of more than 30 yards in a game, but the fact that it was spread across four different players. So the key matchup is going to be the secondary or the defense as a whole, keeping those guys in front of them and forcing a freshman quarterback to put together consistent drives, uh, you know, of eight, nine, ten plays, 
and, and not get not get lucky by us, you know, letting the guy get behind us and make a big play where they can get chunks on us. Easier said than done, but that is BYU's defensive identity, in my opinion, and I and they run a very different scheme than what Stanford ran against USC. So I actually like the chances of BYU's defense to be able to do that, keep everyone in front of them, rally, tackle for short games, force them to put together long drives and see how USC responds because neither Fresno nor Stanford uh, forced USC into that corner. Well, and Riley, BYU's defense making uh, making some changes. We saw Zane Anderson playing mostly safety last week at Tennessee, and now officially on the depth chart listed as, as the free safety. Chaz Ayu takes over that flash linebacker spot. Do you like those moves? I do. I, I, I'm kind of a believer, and you got to get your best 11 on the field no matter how. It's almost what we see in, in basketball and in the NBA, positionless basketball, at least. I don't. You obviously can't do that across the entire defense, but at least in the secondary, where BYU has a lot of times five DBs out there, get your five best talented playmakers um, on the field at the same time, and good things are going to happen. Who has been the surprise player for you this year on the BYU side through two weeks? Uh, you know, I, I'm still riding high off the win, and so. I, Michael Simon, quite honestly, has been a surprise. He didn't get as many targets against Utah, but it, but he caught balls for two first downs. Of his seven catches he had this last week or this last Saturday, four of those seven were first downs. He's become a tremendous, you know, drive continuer and, and really someone. And, and the reason why he was a surprise uh, for me is is um, because I wasn't sure. Based off last season, he didn't get a lot of targets. I wasn't sure if he was able to kind of develop a relationship of trust with Zach and be fed those balls. So the fact that he's been able to prove that to Zach, the fact that Zach is feeding him, and then just his production has been a pleasant surprise for me. This time of year, like there's at least here locally, there's overcast skies, the temperature's dropping. This is starting to feel like football weather, right, Riley? And we're going to be outside in it on Saturday in the afternoon. This is going to be exciting. Yeah, no question. It's the smell is in the air. You got that the the leaves. I bet I haven't been up in the mountains in the last couple of days, but I bet if you were up there, you'd start to see the leaves changing a little bit. And yeah, we're we're right. We're week three, and we're right in the thick of things. And for BYU, as we know, as we schedule September and October, those are our money months. And um, and so to to have this feeling and to have this momentum and and. To get that win at Tennessee, I, I've already, I can't tell you the number of texts. I think BYU, I don't know if it's officially a sellout, but I imagine that thing to be at capacity. Cougar Canyon pregame is going to be huge with it being a day game. All the families, uh, every, like, basically nobody has any excuse not to come out to this game on Saturday. And with that coinciding with the, the change in the seasons, there is no better time of year. Riley Nelson, always money and always good for a Bill Belichick quote. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Riley. Riley Nelson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, Jerem Jordan's one-on-one with the man, Micah Simon. And we go between the lines with the roar of Cougar student section. Yes, it's The Rock. Only that be- The way that only BTL can do, I should say. This is BYU Sports Nation. We are giving away a BYU helmet signed by head coach Kalani Satake Saturday on Countdown to Kickoff. Visit the BYU TV Sports, BYU Sports Nation, or BYU TV Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages and follow the instructions on the post for your chance to win this lovely helmet. I'm very much coveting this helmet right now. I was told yesterday, do not touch it. (laughs) 
I think they know I will steal it if I get my hands on it. Are your fingerprints on that royal blue chrome trimming? That is so nice. Yes. That would look great on my desk, <laughs> in my man cave when we finish our basement. No, Jason, you can't have it. You, you just can't. Can you and I split it? You can have <laughs> it for one it, week. Cut no, it no, no. You have it for a week. I'll oh, have okay. it for a week. It's, it's a rotating thing. And then my week will turn into three or four weeks. <laughs> and then it just eventually you're just like, I'm not even going to worry about this anymore. You can keep it. It's getting way too complicated. <laughs> How about we just paper, rock, scissors for it? Done. Or we just give it to the fan who wins it. <laughs> Agreed. Fine. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines revisited. BYU football will host another ranked Pac-12 opponent. At Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 24th-ranked USC, 2-0, coming to Provo. Third game in the series ever. Head coach Kalani Satake on his team, and if they're ready for the challenge. Well, the fact that they made some really big plays and got some chunk yardage and put up a lot of points is something that we have to be aware of and we have to be ready for. It. But uh, I think we're really excited about the challenge and looking forward to it. And It's a great opportunity for us to go against some great players and see how we match up. The Air Raid is coming to Provo. An afternoon kickoff this Saturday, 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific. National broadcast on ABC. Countdown to kickoff starts at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific time. According to Pro Football Focus, BYU linebacker Kavika Fanua has the ninth best run stop percentage among all FBS linebackers so far this season with 13.2. He also has the only interception for BYU this season. Brandon Davies making his EuroLeague debut for FC Barcelona had 16 points, which included the game-winning offensive rebound and putback with 1.4 seconds left, giving his team a 93-92 win. That's how you burst onto the scene in the EuroLeague. Well done, Brandon. Number 10, BYU Women's Soccer hosts number 12, Texas A&M, tomorrow night at Southfield. Tune in on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. Oh, man, huge week. I'm so excited for that match tomorrow. It's Multiple be great. ranked opponents coming to Provo. Listen, if there is a key to winning a big game at home, you have to figure that the game changer will certainly be coming with the student section. And yes, they can be a literal game changer, whether at the Smithfield house, whether they're packing South field and adding turbulence to Lavelle Edwards stadium. But how does BYU's student section prepare for that disruption at each event? Lauren McLean spoke with the president and vice president of the rock to get the inside scoop on how to prepare for the madness. Let's go between the lines. BYU sports nation presents between the lines. What's up guys. How's it going? Good. Good. Thanks for being here with us. And you said what's up, guys, and I said good. So All right, what's up, guys? Good, how are you? (laughs) You said good this time. What's up is fine. What does a typical game day look like for you guys? For football, we're out there in the morning setting up. Things like pom-poms, t-shirts, if we're giving giving away any of those at the game. And then after that, it's just getting ready for the Rock Cave and then uh, then the game itself. What does volleyball look like for you guys? Yeah, you know, what we do is we pass out signs to distract the opposing team. um, And then pretty much throughout the game, just chanting, uh, getting in the players' heads, the opposing players' heads. For football, what do you guys do during the game? We have turbulence. That's one of the traditions that we have. We're also leading out with the chance as well. Um, so like when we do BYU around, we're involved with that, with the cheerleading team. And the usual, being in the student section, you got to be heckling the players in a respectful manner, of course. Yeah, yeah. Is it hard sometimes getting students 
to do what you want them to do. Yeah, towards the end of the game, it can sometimes be a little bit more difficult because they're getting tired. But honestly, we have great students that, that are there and they're hyped. So you mentioned traditions like power, turbulence, yeah. randles, yeah. the Y claps. Yeah. How did you, where'd you guys get those? A lot of those traditions have come from Rockport of the past, um, as well as collaborating with sports marketing. Um, athletic marketing. We try and start different traditions. Some of them stick, some of them don't, but things like the Y clap, people really liked. We started that a couple years ago. It, those are just things that we've tried out in the past. The students and the fans enjoy those things, and so we just keep doing them. What would you say has been the fan favorite? Honestly, I think the combination of power and turbulence uh, together, when we do those together, this year, Cosmo has his new stand in the middle of the field, and, and everybody gets pretty hyped for those. What would you say you pride yourselves on this year with The Rock? We're trying to revolutionize the way that our pregame experience is for BYU fans. Mm -hmm. um, so you do have Cougar Canyon for you know anybody that's coming to the game. Yeah. But The Rock Cave specifically is it's exclusive to a Rock Pass holder. Every week, we're going to be doing something new. And so that's something that we're really priding ourselves in. So the next home game is USC for football. What do you guys have planned for that game? Well, we don't really want to give it away yet, but I mean, we've had talks of dunk tanks, uh, foosball tables, and those might not be there for USC, but maybe for future games. But yeah, we're going to be switching it up at the Rock Cave every week. What do you think separates BYU the Rock from other student sections around the country? You know, I think I think one of the things that sets us apart most is the fact that BYU students and members of The Rock come from all over the country. So we've got students from all over that bring their culture, their traditions, their experiences to BYU and to The Rock. I want you to look at that camera and give people your best pitch on why they should join The Rock. Honestly, The Rock has been the best part of my experience here at BYU. I've created so many memories that I will look back on for years that I'll tell my grandkids about. It's hard to be at a university with 35,000 students and not feel like you're a part of something. And being a part of the student section, um, that's something that will allow you to do that. Between the Lions with Lauren McLean and the roar of Cougars student section. Have you had a George Randall, by the way? I have not had a George Randall. I know that Code Red Mountain Dew or something like that is in it. I, I don't know. I try and stay away from things that are red, so it's just <laughs> me personally. <laughs> Although two of my teams, Chiefs and St. Louis Cardinals, wear red. So. <laughs> yeah, what, what's up? I was meaning to ask you about that a while ago. I'm like, how, how does this work, the Chiefs and the Cardinals? Yeah, I don't know. Conversation for another day. It's one of those things I just work out as I go. Okay. Coming up on this day, a very special rise and shout out. And BYU's leading receiver, Micah Simon, one-on-one -on -one with Jerem Jordan. What does he credit his early season success to as a senior? This is BYU Sports Nation. Between the Lines is presented by Tim Daly Ford and the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday, get ready for some football with us on BYU TV and BYU Radio as the Cougars prepare to host the 24th-ranked USC Trojans. Radio pregame will begin at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 10.30 a.m. Pacific, and on BYU TV, countdown to kickoff begins at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. BYU Sports Nation continues with vote.byutv.org because we wanted you to tell us who's going to be the leading receiver for BYU at the end of the season. Right now, it's Micah Simon, and we gave you some options. Vote.byutv.org to weigh in on today's poll. Right now, 
people agree with me, Jason. While it's Mike Simon right now, 58% of the vote for Matt Bushman. He's a beast, dude. He is a beast. Utah, and- Utah did everything they could, and they couldn't slow him down relatively. Here's what everybody should be happy about. Regardless of who it is, you're in good hands, literally. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's keep with the good hands theme, shall we? Let's. <laughs> Jerem Jordan recently spoke with BYU wide receiver Micah Simon, fresh off that Rocky Top revival, and the Simon Says Micah Miracle. Here is BYU Sports Nation All Access with BYU's current leading receiver. All right, Micah, uh, how was your weekend, man? Uh, it was pretty good. You know, I was able really? to get some rest. <laughs> you know, just able to get some rest and uh, get, get the body bag ready for, uh, for today. When did it settle in that, one, you guys beat Tennessee in the manner you did, but, two, that you made one of the greatest plays in BYU football history? Uh, I really don't know. You know, uh, for sure had that feeling just kind of right afterwards that, you know, we, we, we definitely just won the game, and it was a super – Super exciting feeling, you know, just just proud of all the hard work the, my teammates and coaches have put into it. And, uh, you know, it's something that we'll, uh, we'll, we'll remember forever. Are you trying to keep it low-key right now or, or what? Because that was amazing, right? That was amazing what happened over the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you moved on already? Yeah, I have. It's, 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 time for, it's time for week three. It's time for week three now. You're dialed in, man. This is, you're playing the senior card on me right here? I'm just dialed in, <laughs> ready to go. Sorry, I'm going to have to rewind. Uh, I'm going to make you do this. So rewind before the 64-yard play. So it's, it's first and 18. At that point, ESPN said there was a 99.9% chance to lose for BYU. Uh, Zach runs for 12, sets up third and six. Describe the play call, what you saw. Zach Wilson said, I think half the guys didn't get the right play or something. What happened? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where you really can't prepare for where you have no timeouts left, have to go, you know, basically the length of the field. And uh, I thought he was going to be able to get out of bounds so we could at least just regroup for a quick second, but he got tackled inbound, so the clock's just ticking, ticking, ticking. So, you know, we're looking to the sideline, and, it's just a lot going on, so, you know, I, I'm pretty sure half the guys did get the right call and the other half didn't, but it didn't matter. Yeah, play, play worked out. Uh, you know, Zach, Zach made a great throw. Bushman had a few defenders looking at him. I just got behind my guy and, uh, yeah, just made it work. D- did you get the right play call or did you just run a, a go, was it? Yeah, no, I, I, I had the right play call. Yeah, so that was good at least. <laughs> Zach said he knew what you and Matt Bushman were doing. Um, and I, I'm not even sure he looked to the left. So he was going to one of you probably there. When did when in the play did you realize, oh, my goodness, uh, one, the pass is coming, and two, this is going to work? Yeah, uh, I think it was I was probably 15 yards downfield, and the guy, uh, the cornerback, turned, and I think he thought I was running an out route or something because I ran that earlier in the game. And uh, he kind of paused for a second, and then I just got behind him. And uh, I saw that there was just one, only one deep safety in the middle of the field. And then right when I looked, I saw, Zach, I saw Zach's eyes lit up just as big as mine did, and he made a good ball. You said to Spencer after the game, uh, I was just thinking, catch it, catch it. Des- describe, I guess, mentally what was going through your head as you're like, okay, the ball's in the air. This, this is, we got a chance here. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's still a routine catch, but it's just at a really crucial point of the game. So it's just, you know, ultimate focus on it. Um, you know, a lot of people have been texting me the picture where my eyes are like crazy big. Uh, I was just making sure I saw the, the, every bit of the ball and uh, look it all the way in. And, 
yeah, it's just it's just a great feeling. So once you catch it at that point, it's still interesting what happens because are you thinking you can house it at that point initially? Uh, right then I did, but then just at the last second I saw the, the free safety come over and uh, I knew I couldn't get tackled then because we were still too far and then uh, was just able to make a, make a quick move. And then, and then I thought I was going to house it for sure because I only saw Bushman, and then I was running and then saw the other corner uh, who was super fast catch, catch up. And then at that point, it was just protect the ball and uh, just get, the, get Jake to make out there uh, to, to take it as overtime for us. No doubt he'd make it, right? No doubt. <laughs> I, was ready. I was ready for him. I, I've never seen the guy miss. He, he and he hasn't missed what in practice in a while too. Like you're serious? Yeah, I'm like serious. <laughs> I don't want to jinx it and knock on wood somewhere, but yeah, where's where's wood? We'll find some. There's some right there. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, now Jake, Jake's. Uh, you know, as, as a kicker, it's just an interesting you know position because you you can go out there and work on kicks all all day by yourself, and that's what we saw from him in the summer. You know, him and the other kickers uh, when we would go throw, they're out there you know just kicking away, and it's their their hard work's been paying off. Yet he he slid it in the right upright so close that the fans behind him thought it missed. Did you see it initially and knew it was in, or did it take a sec? It took a second. I'm not going to lie. You know, uh, <laughs> a few of us on the sideline waited for a quick second until we saw the, the refs put up the put up their hands for it. But, uh, yeah, just, just uh, super happy for Jake um, to just be able to come back off his mission and kind of pick up right where he left off. How did the mentality and maybe momentum change once that series of plays happened going into overtime? Because offensively, it wasn't what you guys kind of wanted overall, but it, it felt like that kick started something that we saw two touchdowns in overtime with. Yeah, I think uh, that that gave us all the momentum we needed. We we felt it shift. Uh, we kind of felt us just kind of take it away from them, and we, we felt we had the game in our hands. We just had to go out there and keep executing and uh, have some great play calls by, by Coach Grimes and the other coaches in overtime, and we just executed them. And then the defense hats, hats off to them as well, holding them to a field goal in second overtime. I know you've worked extremely hard. Was this game validating in any way for you of the hard work you put in to have seven for 127 and the, and the big play in the end? Uh, you know, I think I, uh, you know, I know all the hard work I've put in, and I know um, all my all my teammates kind of always have my back and always have faith in me. So, you know, uh, that's that's just my job to to go out there and. and and make plays and catch the ball whenever my number's called. You know, that's that's all I wanted to do this season was be is just be reliable and consistent and somebody that Zach and the and the coaches can can trust on. And uh, you know, that's 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 all I'm doing. Seven targets, seven catches. You proud of that? I think I had eight targets. Oh, it was eight. I heard seven. Yeah, I think it was eight. It was a uh, one scramble play. Zach and I weren't able to connect on, but uh, you know, it's it's all good. <laughs> okay, seven for eight, still good. USC this uh, Saturday. What comes to mind when you think about USC? Great team. You know, they're coming off a great win, uh, 2-0, uh, ranked. Um, you know, a great opportunity for us to, to play in front of our home crowd, play in front of Cougar Nation. And I know, uh, I know they'll pack the house for us and they'll be, uh, they'll be ready to go. I love that Mike is so aware that he's like, no, it's actually. Yeah, I love that he knows that like number. The disappointment. Yes. <laughs> Coming up, Kavika Fanua gets some love. And remembering the heroes of 9-11. This is BYU Sports Nation. 
Shout out to today's guests, former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson and current leading wide receiver Micah Simon. The show's on demand via podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU linebacker Kavika Fanua has the ninth best run stop percentage among all FBS linebackers so far this season at 13.2. That according to Pro Football Focus. Soccer. 10th ranked BYU women's soccer host number 12 Texas A&M. Tomorrow night, Southfield top 12 matchup. Tune in on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 Eastern, 7 Pacific, or 6 Pacific. Volleyball. Number 13, women's volleyball traveling to Wichita State tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Mountain, or excuse me, 6 p.m. Pacific time, three-match tournament. <laughs> We're still working on those times, though, yes, aren't we? Yes, we are. <laughs> Our question of the day is, BYU more likely to beat USC, Washington, or Boise State at Lavelle Edwards Stadium this season? We're asking about those three because you would think that's going to be the signature win for Kalani Sitake if and when he gets it. At the name is B underscore rad answers on Twitter. Boise State halfway through the season, so kinks should be worked out in regard to BYU. And it's coming off a bye week, although both USC and Washington are winnable games. Our elite voice of the day. I was going to say something. We we just don't have time. It's fine. (laughs) Just move on. Presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at NateDunn10 on Instagram. Most likely USC. Their quarterback only has one and a half weeks under his belt. Not ready to jump the gun on him quite yet. His first road start. Will it matter? Will it affect him? Can Lavelle Edwards Stadium rise up and and affect him like Tennessee affected Zach Wilson? I'm going to say it real fast. When we win all three of those big games, which will be the biggest win? (laughs) Probably USC. All right, we'll move on. Okay. Today's rise and shout outs, and we're going with a collective one here, Jason. Nineteen, let's see, eighteen years ago, two thousand one, September eleventh. Unbelievable tragedy in America. It takes a unique personality to want to go into a building and save people. There are very few that would do that. So, to all the heroes of nine eleven, we seriously salute you. We appreciate you. We love all of our servicemen and servicewomen. Incredible. Yeah, I, I was on the, I was producing sports radio in Salt Lake City when that happened. Uh, I will remember everything about that day. A horrible day, but heroes emerged and a country came together. It was great to see. So grateful for all of you. Incredible stuff. And that, uh, we think, is the perfect way to wrap up this show. Absolutely. The conversation continues on Twitter 24-7. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Jason Ayu. Go Cougs.